Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Oh, say can you see the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast that makes hay while the sun shines. Killing people softly with his song, Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to 2024 and the 2024 edition of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. As my Canadian nephew may have told you, I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert for today, maybe for the whole year if I'm lucky, if I don't uh, get in trouble and fire myself. But I'm here to help all of you feel really, really good about your prospects of enjoying life in the world of Medicare, whenever that time may come for you. Typically, it's for 65-year-olds. There are some people that are disabled and uh, they have to encounter Medicare earlier at younger ages. But uh, basically, those of us who have decided to leave our jobs and leave our corporate health insurance plans and take on Medicare as a way to pay our medical bills, those are the people that I'm talking to now, and those are the people that are going to benefit most by enjoying this podcast and enjoying the book that I put out every year. The current edition is Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. I'm a little behind the eight ball this year, so I'm going to be working on the 2024 edition. Can't tell you when it'll be finished, but when it is, it will join the 2023 edition in the bookstores where it is sold. And those bookstores are barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. And right now, if you go to either of those sources, you'll find the 2023 edition in its glory. Uh, it, it didn't even notice the passage of the new year because 98% of the information in the book is currently accurate. And it's uh, some of the details are not accurate, but the important information is there. It tells you when you need to enroll, how you need to enroll, what you need me or another licensed agent for, what sorts of coverages will round out your protection against high medical bills. And uh, those are the kinds of things that the 2023 edition will explore for you. Reasonably priced, chock full of useful Medicare knowledge laid out in a way that's easy to comprehend. And uh, once you've finished the book, you'll become a Medicare expert, like the likes of which you haven't seen before in your own neighborhood. So I recommend that if you have an encounter with Medicare coming up, you should go buy Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. Don't wait for the 2024 edition. You just never know when you're going to need that valuable knowledge. And speaking of valuable knowledge, there's a 
repository of valuable knowledge sitting right across the screen from me. He's also in Arizona, just in a slightly different part. His name is Randy Carson, and I want to welcome him to the 2024 edition of our Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. Hello, Randy. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Doug. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Yeah, we have had, we have, uh, this is the first recording session, actually, physically in the new year. So I wanted to tell you, Happy New Year. How many years have we had this gig going? Well, we started recording in 2020, at the very beginning of 2020. And the only time we've taken a break was uh, when you did a short stint in a uh, facility. I don't want to call it a psych facility. It was more of a... (laughs) But you had a, it was at the uh, end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021, you took some time off to relax and lay around and be waited on by uniformed people. And I had to, I did not have the knowledge needed to carry on without you. So we went dark for a period of time there in early 2021. Other than that, we've been doing this for, uh, boy, that's four years now. Yeah. Yeah. And rolling up pretty close to 600 episodes. Yeah, very close. We're sneaking right up on that. I know. We are definitely sneaking up there. So 600, and that is going to be quite an accomplishment, Doug. I I want to congratulate you on that. Well, don't do it yet. You never know, because it could be a, uh, (laughs) we could, one of us could drop dead right before that 600th episode. Uh, Yeah, don't have a grabber. 599. I want you you to eat healthy and and don't do anything dangerous, uh, at least for the next week or so. Well, then I better not go outside because you know what I find out there quite often. Now, they've thinned out a bit. Uh, Would that be be Guinness suppliers? Guinness purveyors? No, no. Medicare Advantage zombies. Yeah, those people. God, they're all over the place. Um, I, you know, I I have. uh, a quandary, a moral quandary, because we have uh, a duty to our listeners to share Medicare information with them. And yet I think we also have a duty to our listeners to protect them, to warn them constantly about the evils of the Medicare advantage machine that is out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to bore people, but I want to make sure that everybody in the audience understands that Medicare advantage is unlikely to be the best choice for anyone going into Medicare. So they're going to hear a lot about Medicare Advantage, and it's sure got its share of problems going on. So I'm looking forward to that. But also, on the other hand, it's nice to talk about regular Medicare information so that people can feel confident they're in good hands when they come to this podcast. And then and then once in a great while, we throw in some humor. We do, but it's you know few and far between, according to some people. I don't <laughs> So, you know, we've still got, oh gosh, of a, of the 50 states of the union, I think we've still got about 25 of them left, you know, to go well, through the stupid laws of the stupidest law in the state. Not only that, you've told me that some of the states have more than one stupid law. So oh, we yeah. might be working yeah, on that list for a while. Yeah. The, we, the list that I, the list that I work from, uh-huh. they list, they list, uh, you know, 50 slots. Yeah, but uh, and then they put that what someone decided was the top stupidest law. But then there's a sub list, usually of about eight more for each state. 
Oh, that's fantastic. We'll be working on that list for years, years to come. We'll be at episode 1000 before that list is expired. And we're going to, wow, look, we've still got stupid laws and they keep making them faster than we can show them. (laughs) That's the other thing. Yeah, we may never run out of stupid laws. No, I don't think we will. Uh, I don't think we will. Well, well, I'm I'm going to go ahead and, and say, why don't we move on ahead today? Because we are both bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Let's get right down to the Medicare so, stuff. Oh, no stupid laws for us today? No, no, no. We'll All do right. that tomorrow. We'll do that okay. next episode. Well, once again, happy uh, New Year to you and happy New Year's to everybody out there listening because this is a bright new year for all of us. And uh, so let's dig into the Medicare uh, content and this content has gone uncurated. I'm not sure how to operate without curation, but um, the curator seemed to be confused. And when uh, she said, um, you have anything to talk about? I said, yes. And if you want to do some curation, it's all in a pile right here for you. And uh, we had that conversation about three or four times. And I see that no nobody has curated a darn thing. So I'm going to be <laughs> curating on the fly here. I hope the audience doesn't find it to be... Uh, too confusing. But the first curation, or the first thing I found on my pile, is an article that may have some value for a lot of people. There was a lot of talk about the drug plans, the drug costs, the drug uh, acquisitions that people have to make, uh, the proper selection of a drug plan. And this is uh, always a state of flux ever since I think uh, God, 2006, when the first drug plans arrived, they, they have changed everything over and over and over again. So the headline on this is, what are the changes that are coming to Medicare Part D, which is prescription drug plans, in the coming year, in 2024? So this article purports to tell us what those are. It says, every year, there are changes and adjustments to Medicare premiums and deductibles. So uh, on today's podcast, oh, <laughs> This is from Tony, our friend Tony King. She spells her name Tony with an I because she's a girl. And so uh, this is from her little um, area of the world. I didn't realize that until I saw her name in here. But uh, the 2024 Medicare Part D uh, elements that some people like to know about, especially people that take drugs and need a drug plan, uh, the initial deductible is $545. I have to say, though, that many people do not take drugs that will be subject to that deductible. So just because they say the deductible is $545 does not mean that you're going to have to pay $545. Some drugs are subject to the deductible, and many drugs are not, like generic drugs and inexpensive drugs. Those are often covered by the plan that uh, you wind up with from the get-go. And remember, uh, the way I have helped people select the plan is to go to the government website, medicare.gov slash plan dash compare, put in your zip code, tell it you want to click a, or you want to uh, select a Part D drug plan, answer a few questions, answer the questions about what drugs you take, And then you'll find a list of all the available drugs in your area listed in order of cheapest out-of-pocket cost to you to the most outrageously stupid and expensive out-of-pocket cost to you. That's the short story. I'll be going through that in greater detail as time goes by. But uh, some of those drug plans don't 
uh, apply the deductible to their drugs that are on their formulary. Some of those drug plans apply the deductible only to some of the drugs on their formulary, like the most expensive drugs, and uh, they pay 100% of the cheaper generic drugs, or they have small copays. So the initial coverage limit, there are four um, segments to drug coverage during the course of a year, and the initial coverage limit is um, $5,030. So when you and the plan have paid $5,030, that's when you get to the donut hole. But the nice thing is very few people ever get there. A few people do that take expensive drugs, but they're not the, um, they're not the uh, norm. That's an unusual situation when you and your drug plan together have spent $5,000. So the initial phase is the deductible phase. The second phase is the initial coverage limit, which takes you from the deductible phase to the beginning of the donut hole. And then you're in that coverage gap, the donut hole. That begins once once your expenditure and your drug plan's expenditure has reached $5,030, and it ends $3,000 later when you and or the plan have spent a total of $8,000. Then you're into catastrophic coverage. That's the fourth segment of drug plan coverage, and uh, that apparently has a $0 out-of-pocket uh, limit this year. So truly catastrophic. In other words, uh, they will pay your plan will pay all of the costs. So uh, when a Medicare recipient enters catastrophic coverage, Medicare will pick up all costs of the prescription, whether brand name or generic, and those with a Medicare Part D plan will pay zero. And the article goes on to say, on January 1st of each year, the process starts all over again with a new Medicare prescription drug plan and different cost deductibles and a new donut hole. Okay. Now, here's a segment of this article that says how to stay out of the donut hole or to not get in it as soon. Everybody um, has been told to be afraid of the donut hole because uh, you're going to be paying money uh, out the wazoo for your drugs, but that's not always true. I believe the donut hole has a, um, a substantial portion of the drug cost paid for by Medicare. Uh, so, this uh, thing starts out with a description of my method of selecting the best drug plan for you, which is go to medicare.gov slash plan dash compare and um, put in your zip code and then put in uh, click on the box that says I want part D or plan uh, prescription drug plan. And then follow the directions. You will find all of the drug plans listed in your area in order of cost, and you'll be able to select the plan that covers all of your drugs at the drug stores you want to go to for the smallest possible out-of-pocket cost, and it will predict your cost for the balance of the year. So in other words, if you're doing this process in January, it's going to say from February 1st until the end of the year, here is what we predict your out-of-pocket costs are going to be. And that would be a function of your drugs, your preferred pharmacies, and your location. So moving on through this article, which uh, I'm shocked to find out is from Tony King, uh, the cost of prescription drugs is uh, one of the key reasons why Medicare Part D is so important. It helps manage the high cost of medications. As we all know, medications can be expensive, especially for those with chronic conditions or complex health needs. 
With the Part D plan, you'll have access to a network of approved pharmacies to fill your prescriptions and pay a reduced cost. So the article then says how to choose a Part D plan. I think I've already beat that horse to death for this particular podcast episode. And um, the bottom line here is that if you don't have a prescription drug need, in other words, if you don't take any prescription drugs because you're healthy as a horse, it behooves you if you're 65 or over and on regular Medicare with a Medicare supplement, as I always recommend, then it behooves you to purchase a prescription drug plan at the earliest time that you're eligible to do that. Because if you do not, and if a few years down the road, you find that you have a need to take some prescription meds and you want to get a drug plan to defray that cost, you're going to be hit right smack dab between the eyes with a lifetime late enrollment penalty. It's not any enrollment penalty. It's not just a regular old enrollment penalty. It's a lifetime late enrollment penalty. And nobody likes that. So I would say that when you're eligible for a prescription drug plan, you should exercise that uh, opportunity to buy one, even if you don't take any prescription drugs at the current time. Um, there's a company called WellCare that is very big in the prescription drug plan um, world. And uh, when I do a search, often their plans come up to be the least expensive for people who take either no drugs or generic drugs only. And uh, often in many parts of the country, the monthly premium for that drug plan this year is in the neighborhood of zero to 40 or 50 cents a month. Not every place. There are a couple of states where the plan has to charge in the neighborhood of $6, $6.50. But most places in the United States, that plan is free of charge. And your only cost would be the copay if you had to take a prescription medication. And a lot of prescription meds are covered at 100%. So your drug plan is not necessarily going to be a huge burden on your uh, out pay, outlook, uh, your uh, outlay your financial uh, uh, well-being, but it is going to protect you from a lifetime late enrollment penalty. So I would say get that prescription drug plan when you get your Medicare supplement, and that would be when you're first eligible for Medicare, most likely. Okay, here's a different article, and by golly, I recognize the font on the typing. It's from the same rich source of Medicare info, that, uh, that Southern Bell, Tony King. I do love her accent. I got to tell you, she's from uh, Houston, and uh, it really shows when you listen to her. But in any event, um, uh, this year, Medicare has a new turning 65 enrollment um, rule. And uh, this article here that she's answering questions about from uh, one of her listeners is uh, not only about turning 65, but also applying with spousal benefits. So the question is, Tony, uh, that's Tony with an I, let's not forget. My issue regarding how to enroll in Medicare is different from any problem that I have ever read in your column. I heard it from a friend who received an email from Medicare.gov last year that there are new turning 65 enrollment rules. And this woman goes on to say that she has rheumatoid arthritis and she's going to turn 65 in February. She needs Medicare to begin May 1st because her husband is retiring and losing his company benefits effective May 1st. She says, I don't work because of my health problems and I do not have enough work quarters 
to receive Medicare on my own. I don't know how to apply using my husband's Medicare benefits. Now, this is the situation for people who are married. If uh, they don't have enough work history to qualify for uh, premium-free Part A of Medicare, they can do one of two things. They can either pay a premium for Part A, they can either pay part of the cost, or they can pay all of the cost. Or because they're married, and if they're married to a spouse that has the required 40 quarters of taxable employment in their past, then they can apply using their spouse's credit. Uh, So uh, all you need to do is uh, the normal application process, plus uh, make sure that you've got a certified copy of your marriage certificate. So Tony's answer to this lovely lady is, hi, Uh, to ensure you enroll in Medicare correctly, it's important to understand the eligibility requirements, especially if you haven't accumulated the necessary 40 quarters of work and tax payments under your own social security number. In this case, you need to qualify for Medicare under your husband's social security number, assuming he meets the eligibility criteria. So here's what Tony suggests that this woman do to get started with the Medicare enrollment process, reach out to your local social security office or contact social security directly at 800-772-1213. They will guide you on how to arrange an appointment either over the phone or at a nearby social security office. Now, the reason you have to do social security is because social security is the government agency that oversees Medicare. So you're dealing with the people that administer Medicare when you talk to the social security uh, people. During this appointment, when you actually go there, uh, you can inquire about applying under your husband's work record. Remember to bring your original certified marriage license Uh, marriage license, marriage certificate is the term I've always heard, uh, as proof of your current marital status when meeting with Social Security. They will provide you with the necessary information and requirements to ensure a smooth enrollment process. Sue, prior to talking with a Social Security representative, set up uh, a www.ssa.gov account online. It'll be a password-protected account, and every time they want to tell you something, they will put a um, document uh, describing what it is they want to communicate with you into your account. So during the enrollment process, it's the kind of thing that you want to check frequently. Um, So Social Security may want you to enroll in Medicare online when talking with the representative who is guiding you through the process. What are the new turning 65 rules? Now, this is the second part of this whole uh, uh, enrollment process that she addresses. The first is how to do it if you don't have enough quarters of your own. And the second is the new 2024 rules for those who are turning 65. She says the changes that your friend mentioned regarding the new turning 65 rule, uh, oh, they began a year ago. <laughs> Who knew? I'm a little late to the party, I guess. They refer to your initial enrollment period. Medicare's initial enrollment period is the time that you're first eligible to sign up. This is that thing we always talk about, the three months before your birth month, the month of your birth, and three months after your birth month. Those are the That's the period of time, your initial enrollment period, when you can enroll in Medicare, and there is no worry about a late enrollment penalty or any medical history and how it might affect your, your enrollment in Medicare. 
The big thing to know is that coverage will now be effective. Here's the change. Coverage will now be effective the first of the month after the month in which you enroll. For individuals who kind of came late to the party and enroll in the last three months of that initial enrollment period. This change is designed to provide more flexibility when it comes to enrolling in Medicare and to ensure that you have the necessary coverage without any significant delays or uh, coverage gaps. So then she says, let's use Heather's situation to further explain how your initial enrollment period might work. So she's turning 65 in February. If she were to enroll three months before turning 65, then her coverage would begin on the first day of the month in which her birthday occurs. So she can enroll in November, December, or January, and her coverage will begin February 1st. If she enrolls in the month she turns 65, then her her actual Medicare coverage will begin the first day of the following month. So if she, uh, if her birthday uh, is in February and she doesn't get around to doing the enrollment until February, her coverage will start on March 1st. If she enrolls one month after turning 65, her Medicare coverage will begin the first day of the following month. And if she enrolls two months after turning 65, then her Medicare coverage will begin the first day of the following month. And if she enrolls three months after turning 65, then her Medicare coverage will begin the first day of the following month. That's the big change. And so, Heather, you would want your Medicare coverage to begin May 1st because your husband is retiring May 1st and losing his um, his, uh, company-provided Medicare, excuse me, health insurance benefits. So uh, since that's going to happen on May 1st, she wants to enroll so that her coverage begins May 1st. So it looks to me as though uh, she should enroll in April so that her coverage will begin the first of the following month, which happens to be May 1st. That's how she can use the new uh, turning 65 enrollment regulations to her advantage. Uh, So then uh, goes on to say, um, let's see, go to your local social security office, explain your enrollment situation of not having enough quarters and enroll in Medicare during that meeting. I would advise you to bring your social security card, your driver's license, and especially your original certified copy of your marriage license. Your husband should attend the meeting as well, since you will be using his social security information. So that's Tony's uh, instruction to this woman who uh, had rheumatoid arthritis and didn't really have enough uh, taxable uh, working quarters of employment uh, in her past. So then we come to a different article here. It says retiring in 2024, resolve to enroll in Medicare Part B to avoid a big mistake. Now, most people that have uh, sufficient work credit in their past, 10 uh, quarters of taxable employment, uh, do not have to pay any premium for Part A of Medicare, but everybody has to pay a premium for Part B of Medicare. And that premium is $174 a month uh, and some change. I think it's $174.70 in 2024. But don't make the mistake of failing to enroll in Part B uh, because it is the most important part of your Medicare coverage and it is also going to be difficult to get uh, your uh, access to Part B of Medicare is going to be a little restricted if you don't enroll 
when you're first eligible. So this article goes on to say a New Year's resolution is a promise to to yourself to do something good in the year ahead. If you're older than 65 and retiring or losing your job in the near future, here is one resolution you must make. Resolve to enroll in Medicare Part B medical insurance. They call it medical insurance. Basically, it covers all outpatient interactions you might have with medical practitioners. This would be doctor's office visits, treatment after an injury, uh, test results. You know, if you have a blood test as a part of your annual uh, physical exam, uh, those kinds of things are all any doctor interactions that you might have that don't involve you being locked up in an institution like a hospital or a nursing home. So Part B is the uh, the part of Medicare that most of us have the most connection with, and uh, Part B is uh, critically important to your complete protection against uh, really scary medical expenses. So this author, uh, oh, this is Diane Omdahl. She's our our uh, friend who doesn't even know I exist in Wisconsin. She he, she has a practice of advising people how to deal with Medicare, but she does not sell insurance like I do. So she says that her advice is more pure, and I say that my advice is equally pure because I am working for the person who is enrolling in Medicare, and if they don't need my insurance. I'm still going to help them out, but I'm not going to sell them any insurance. So I believe purity is in the eye of the beholder. Diane may be very pure in her advice. I believe I am as well. So she goes on to say, I sense there are some skeptics out there. They will get 12, 18, 42, or more months of paid medical coverage through COBRA or a retiree plan or medical insurance connected to a severance package. Now, that's not always paid. If you leave your job, but you elect to take COBRA, that is not free, folks. That's going to cost you a pretty penny. So I'm not sure I agree with Diane's premise here, but in some cases, there may be a severance package in which they uh, say that they're going to pay for your COBRA coverage or your retiree health insurance. Uh, So these people who do this enroll in a Medicare Part A hospital insurance because it's premium free and it's a condition of receiving Social Security retirement benefits, but they uh, choose to skip Part B of Medicare. This is the same coverage that they've had for years and it's worked. Why should they enroll and have to pay the Part B premium is, like I said, $174, and maybe higher income beneficiary adjustments, which is the IRMA success penalty. These skeptics should talk with some of those who refuse to enroll when losing their jobs or retiring, and they now have big problems. <clears throat> Diane says, one of my clients, a 60-year-old man from, or 69-year-old man from Alabama, retired in September of 2022 and did not enroll in Part B because his company was paying for 24 months of coverage. Everything went fine for the first year, but then he was stricken with cancer. The sponsor of his coverage informed him that it would not pay for his treatments because he wasn't enrolled in Part B. When he tried to enroll in Part B in August of uh, the most recent year, August of 2023, he learned he had missed his opportunity. He cannot enroll until January of 2024 and will face a penalty, a late enrollment penalty. Plus, he's responsible for thousands of dollars in medical bills. So what happened? Two rules come into play in these situations. Rule number one, by law, after employment ends for someone older than 65, 
a COBRA retiree or an individual plan or coverage connected with a severance package, those become secondary to Medicare. In my client's situation, his coverage would kick in after Medicare paid its part. So without Medicare, without having Part B, it was like not having any insurance at all. He became the primary payer for his chemotherapy treatments. And now here's the point, uh, the second point in her, uh, her analysis. My client does not qualify for Part B special enrollment period. Anyone losing employer coverage, be it the employee or the policy owner or his or her spouse, has an eight-month window to enroll without penalty or delay. This period begins with the last day of employment or coverage, whichever comes first. For those who have coverage after retirement, the last date of employment starts the eight-month clock ticking. His special enrollment period was from October 1st of 2022 through May 31st of 2023. Because he missed his special enrollment period, his next chance to enroll is the general enrollment period, which takes place every year from January 1st to March 31st. Part B will take effect the month after enrolling, and he will face a Part B late enrollment penalty. This is 10% of the standard Part B premium for every year, every 12-month period, that enrollment was delayed. He will pay an additional $17.47, that's 10%. Uh, in 2024. That amount will likely increase every year and the penalty will follow him for life. So Diane goes on to say, I've heard all the reasons why individuals in these situations did not enroll in Part B. For example, an HR representative said their coverage was creditable to Medicare or a social security agent said they can delay Part B as long as they have insurance. Medicare misinformation is rampant. So it is on the individual It's up to the individual to get the facts and make the right decisions. Uh, Per an Ohio State University blog post, researchers suggest that only 9% of Americans who make New Year's resolutions complete them. Where Medicare is involved, it's time to get 100% compliance, resolve to enroll in Medicare when you're no longer actively employed, no matter what insurance you have going forward. So remember, Medicare is uh, primary And if you don't have Medicare after you're no longer actively employed, you might have an individual plan. You might have a severance package. You might have um, any number of uh, uh, COBRA coverage or um, union coverage, retiree coverage. None of that works to replace Medicare. It's all not credible coverage. So uh, don't make the mistake of ignoring Part B of Medicare. And uh, Randy, I don't want you to make the mistake of ignoring the passage of time. We have come to the end of our uh, time together today, sadly. We have. The uh, crickets have spoken. And we have, I think, pretty done a pretty good job of spending our 75 cents well. But before we sign out, there's a couple, there, there, there's one thing. You know, you sounded like you were really looking forward to the stupid state law. I always love the stupid state laws. Well, I have one just for the first of the year. This only applies to the first of January, New Year's. Lay it on me, sir. Okay, it's not a law, but here's what we got. I have the the weirdest ways that people spend their New Year's. The oh. seven 
the seven strangest New Year traditions from around the world. And I'm going to give you a choice of which country that you want to hear one from. Okay, number one is Ecuador. All righty. I was hoping for Upper Slobovia, but that's not going to be on your list. We might get closer. Number two is the Philippines. Okay. Number three is Denmark. Hmm. Number four is Spain. Okay. Number five is Peru. Hmm. Number six is Japan. And number seven is South America, which, you know, obviously there's multiple countries there. But well, yeah, so which, which one would you like to hear? I'm going to go with the Philippines because it has the best weather. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I have to, there's no doubt I have to give you some clues here because I know that you don't keep up on the, you know, the, the you know, the ways that Filipinos spend their days on New Year, you know, celebrating. No, not high on my list of priorities. So it so let me give you some some clues. It has to do with things things that they use during the day on New Year's Day. Oh boy. And I'm supposed to guess what these things might be. Well, there's there's a similar. No matter what they use during the day, each of those things is supposed to have a similarity to the other things they've used. Ah, oh, this gets uh, complicated. <laughs> it's not color. Alrighty. It's not color. It's not. It's not what it does. Is it smell? Uh, is it a stench? No. Nope. It's not a smell. Okay. Uh, it's. Uh, it's. It's really more related to the shape. All right. Uh, it's, so could it be eggs? They got a lot of chickens in the Philippines. Uh, could it have something to do with eggs? Could it be egg-shaped? It Egg-shaped would qualify, but y- you need to give me a little more detail around that. All right. I'm going to say, could it be uh, the way they cook eggs? Sunny side up, for instance. Well, again, you, it's that's. Ooh, I'm qualify. dancing around it. You're gonna. That's gonna qualify for the shape, but one. Just give it one more little push towards uh, to, towards an idea, and I may give you partial credit. All right. Do they have egg rolling contests in which people compete to see how far they can get their eggs rolled down a hill? Great try, but no, no cigar. cigar. Huh? No cigar. Okay. In the Philippines, New Year's is about one thing, and one thing only, cold, Apparently, apparently hard, that's not eggs. No. <laughs> <laughs> cold, hard cash. Okay. Now, that's, Hoping, I like that. Yeah, I thought you would. Hoping to bring prosperity and wealth for the New Year's ahead, Filipino people try to use as many round things as possible to represent coins and wealth. Round clothes, round food, you name it. If it's round, they want it. Ah, boy. That's, you know, eggs are kind of roundish. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. I, I was getting, I'll give you a partial credit. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you, those that's a wacky bunch of people in the Philippines. But when people in the United States who are over 65 and on Medicare enroll in a drug plan, if they wind up calling the drug plan's uh, customer service department, likely they're going to be hearing some Filipinos on the other end of the phone because all of these drug plans have farmed out their customer service operations to foreign countries. And the Philippines is really big on that sort of uh, industry. 
Well, I agree that that's probably, well, I've probably run into it already, but since this is a one-time good time deal, we, I can only use this list today. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you one more question. Spain on New Year's Day, they concentrate on one thing and one thing only in Spain and it's grapes. Now, what do they do with the grapes? I'm guessing that they put them in a big old wooden cask and just stomp the crap out of them. That would be wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. What else might they do with grapes? Do they just lay around and feed them to each other like a bunch well, of uh, ancient Romans? You're not, you're not too far off. You're not too far off. As the clock counts down to 12 and people around the world are preparing to watch fireworks and drunkenly kiss one another, Spaniards... Uh -huh. Okay. Are, are staring at bunches of grapes with a steely gaze. This Jeez. challenge involves stuffing your face with 12 grapes, one for each ring of the bell. Succeed, and you've got good luck for the next year. Fail, and I don't know what happens. You choke on grapes. I don't yeah, well, you know, are they, at least I hope they're seedless grapes. And yeah, you know, the, exactly. I, I got to tell you, the Spanish uh, gave up their idea of world domination a long time ago. So I'm guessing that uh, if they're spending time doing this kind of thing, then we don't have to worry about them taking over, uh, you know, like we have to worry about some other countries. Okay. I got one more, one more bit of information then I'll, then we'll cut her off for today. All right. Lay it on me. South America. Yes. That, that involves many countries, but South yeah, America. Including Ecuador and Peru that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, one thing that uh, people in South America concentrate on for New Year's Day is what color their underwear is. Oh, boy. Okay, so I'm going to give you some choices. If you want to find love, what color is your underwear? If you want to find money, what color is your underwear? Or if you just want a little bit of peace and quiet, what color is your underwear on New Year's Day? Well, the only thing I can do is hearken back to one of my favorite people, Joe Arpaio, Sheriff Joe of Maricopa County, Arizona, yeah, yeah. who who found that the prisoners were stealing the underwear that the, the county provided, and so he ordered that all the underwear be dyed pink so that uh, they would be less likely to be stolen. And uh, that led to all kinds of rumors that uh, Sheriff Joe was, uh, you know, mistreating the prisoners and everything. So I'm going to say that um, if I wanted to attract riches in the following year, I might wear green underwear. Uh, although, is there money really green in those countries? I don't know. There are so many countries in South America. Um, if I wanted to attract love, what would a woman's favorite color be? Uh, would it be pink? Would she be attracted to a guy wearing pink underwear? I kind of doubt it. <laughs> well, I'm going to give you, because it's it's in the same shade. All right. Red underwear. Everybody's looking for red underwear if you're looking for love. Okay. If you're looking for money, you're going to wear yellow underwear. Why? Uh, your coins, I, I guess gold coins. Oh, all right. All right. I'll, and then I'll if you're understand. looking for just some freaking peace and quiet, Mm -hmm. Just regular old white underwear will do it for you. I would have said go commando. That's going to scare a lot of people off. Wow. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm a wet job. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, you know, that might be, that might be uh, very effective over and above white. 
Sure. When you're reading a good book, just look as uh, ominous and, you know, uh, threatening as possible, including uh, maybe running around naked. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I've had a great fun today. I feel like this has been, you know, our first uh, recording session of the new year. And it's it's been like a New Year's party. I've really thoroughly enjoyed it. So we, yeah, we should know how to celebrate, off. don't we? Yes, we know we how to really celebrate. Do. We really do. So anyway, we've spent our 75 cents, and I'm going to talk to Doug this year about maybe b- bouncing that up to a dollar. I don't know. He's, he's, he's really kind of he's kind of looking sideways at me, so I don't know, but we're going to give it a try. But So th- still, this year, just like every other year, you can reach out to Doug, and he's waiting to hear from you at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, Doug is a licensed nationwide expert to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out at the website, medicareforthelazyman.com. As always, we would appreciate you finding a place to put a couple reviews in for us. The books, the website, the podcast, any of the content that we produce. And certainly, last but not least, thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us all the times you did last year, and we're looking forward to having you right here with us again this year. So. But I know for a fact that you have not checked your watch. You have not kept track of the time. We have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Cave Creek, Arizona, originally hailing from Oklahoma. And I'm going to put him in. He just got back off a trip, so I'm going to be easy on him. I'm going to put him in at about 1,200 feet. Oh, boy, that's uh, that's. What I like to hear, Randy and uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm looking forward to seeing you all in our next episode. So I'll uh, talk to you then. Bye-bye.